0: Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week, we continue our 10-week journey called The Red Sea Rules, based on the book by Robert J. Morgan, where we will be looking at 10 different rules that we can apply to our lives. In this book, we find that even in the midst of seemingly impossible situations, God can make a way that will move us from fear to faith. In week eight... Pastor Eric unpacks our next big rule. Trust God to deliver in His own unique way. Welcome to Valley Point Church. My name is Eric, and I'm the lead pastor here, and it feels so good to be back. And I really mean that. It's uh, fun to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah. So fun to be here with you. And as I was driving over this morning, I just couldn't wait to be able to stand up here and say hi again and open up God's word and begin to teach. So it just feels really, really good to be back home at Valley Point. And one of the things I love about our faith community is that so many of you invite other people to join you here. And while I was away for two weeks, we had 23 brand new guests walk through the doors of this place. And that's fantastic. So for those of you that I haven't even met yet, I want to say welcome. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to getting to know you better in the days to come. So we had the chance to get away for a couple of weeks to visit with family in Ohio and Illinois. And we had a wonderful time with family and and friends and eating and relaxing and doing all of that. And I've got some vacation pictures to show you. So are you okay with that? (laughs) I'm going to do it anyway, so just go with it. Here's picture number one. This is of Kaylee, and she's on the beach. And, of course, it's not a vacation if you don't have beach time, right? Right? Yeah, so that's our little beach there. Picture number two is of Cambry, our two-year-old, and she has just given the business to Caden, And she thinks she controls the family, and we had to put up with that for two weeks. It was really something. Picture number three is of Chandler jumping off the docks at a cottage that we rent, and this is a competition that we do every year, and he does really, really good with that and thinks he's the king of the docks. And then our last picture is of Caden with a frog, so you got to have some frogs on vacation too, don't you? So those are my four pictures. Thank you for putting up with me and my shameless plug, presenting my family and our good time. But we really did enjoy being away, but... It feels so good to be back here, and there is no place like home. There really isn't. So I want to thank Ben and Lee for the good job they did teaching while I was gone. Will you help me thank them? And Today we're going to look at another rule as we walk through this series together. So before we take a look at that rule, though, I'd like to invite you to pause with me. And let's just clear our minds a bit and step into the presence of God and ask Him to speak to our hearts today. So will you pray with me? Father, we are so thankful for today and for the opportunity we have to be here to think about what you want to say to us about this amazing story that we've been looking at all summer long the story of how you worked in the lives of your people and you brought them out of slavery and into freedom and just such an amazing journey, and the things that they learned along the way. And God, that story is not just for them. It's for us today. I think there's so many things, God, that we can take out of that story and use in our lives as we face our own troubled times, our own stressful situations, our own Red Sea experiences where we just feel stuck and trapped and we're not sure which way to go and we're not even sure if you're hearing and listening and watching but yet we cry out to you. God, so many of us are in that spot right now. So use this story once again in a fresh way today to help us put our eyes on you And think about what you want us to do as we walk out of here in just a few moments. And God, we'll thank you for everything that you teach us. For it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. We're in week number eight of this journey called the Red Sea Rules. And here's our big rule for today. And that is trust God to deliver in his own unique way. That's what we're going to talk about, and that's what we're going to think through today. Trust God to deliver in His own, not our own, because that's our tendency to kind of figure out things on our own. We're just going to trust God to deliver us in His own unique way. This is a great week to be here because we finally get to see God do the amazing. He finally takes His people from one side of the sea to the other side. And it's kind of funny because we've been walking through this story for eight weeks now and you wouldn't think it would take eight weeks to explain the story because it's really kind of a simple thing. God's people are in slavery and God allows them to walk out and they walk in freedom to the edge of the Red Sea and they get stuck there as the Egyptian army begins to chase them because they want their slaves back and God opens up the sea and they walk to the other side. That's kind of the end of the story and you wouldn't think... Normally, that it would take eight weeks to explain what I just said in about 30 seconds. But here's the thing. Before that miracle, before the event, before the show that we really remember, there were some things that God's people needed to experience. There were some lessons that God wanted his people to learn And it helps us to understand this. God's in the small things too, right? Isn't he? God's in the small things too. He really is. So if you're here and you're walking through a Red Sea experience where you just feel kind of stuck and trapped and you're waiting for God to give you an answer and you're waiting to be delivered, you're waiting to get to the other side, you need to be very aware of everything that is happening around you right now. Because God is in those small things. Be very aware of every conversation, every prompting, every circumstance. Because God is in the small things. See, God cares about our whole journey, not just the big stuff. Often we think God is only interested in the big things and that's when he shows up, when there's something miraculous and amazing, that's what God does and everybody responds to him and everybody worships him after all of that and God does that stuff. But God before that is also interested and he cares about our whole journey, even the small things along the way that lead up to those big miraculous events. God is in the small things. So when it appears that God's not working, guess what? God is working. He really is. And when it appears that God doesn't care, God actually cares. And when it appears that God doesn't see, or at least he doesn't see me, because that's what we focus on. Maybe God sees you and he's going to help you and deliver you from your Red Sea experience. But he's not going to do that for me. So when we begin to doubt that God sees me and what's happening in my life, what we discover from Exodus chapter 14 is that God actually does see and he cares and he's working and this story kind of awakens us to all of those things. Here's the question that we've pretty much been asking every week and that is what's your Red Sea right now? That thing, that circumstance, that relationship, that fear, that failure, that habit, that doubt that just has you a bit stuck, maybe frozen between the edge of the sea and the sword approaching on the other side. What is that thing for you? You know, maybe you're here and you're sensing that you really don't have that Red Sea problem right now and you sense the blessing of God in your life. That's great. That's great. Enjoy that and just know that around the corner, there probably will be a Red Sea experience at some point and you will want these thoughts. You will want these principles. So for the rest of us, what is that Red Sea thing right now? Here's what I believe God wants to whisper into your heart or maybe shout depending on your personality. And that is God's at work. God is at work in your situation Whatever that looks like, and it's going to be different for everybody in here, but God is at work in your situation. And often, before we get to the other side, before we get delivered, before we get our answer, there are small things that God wants us to grasp. Small, but not insignificant. I want to say that again. Often, before we get delivered, before we get to the other side, before we get our answer and our troubles kind of make sense to us, there are small things that God wants us to grasp. They are small but not insignificant. And often we hate that part because we want the big miracle. We want the big deliverance. We don't like the little things along the way. But God often uses those little things to grow our faith and our trust In him. And this is what falls out of this amazing chapter, Exodus chapter 14. God's there. God's there. Whatever you're feeling and whatever you're walking through right now, God's there in your depression. God's there in your work chaos. God's there when others aren't. God's there when your kids are losing their minds anybody else's kids lose their minds or is it just mine? I was actually thinking about this phrase as we were driving back all the way across the state of Indiana and all the way across the state of Ohio and then all the way across the state of Pennsylvania and I've got these creatures behind me who are losing their minds. Well, God's there. He is. God's there when you sense that your parents don't quite understand and get you. God's there when that habit takes a huge bite out of you and won't let go. You want to get rid of it, but it just keeps coming back and it bites again and again and again. And it's there and you can't seem to shake that thing. God's there when temptation is strong. God's there when confusion dominates. God's there when you're overwhelmed and out of all logical options. God's there. God's there when we don't even sense he's there. And today, finally, we get to see God do something that not even Charlton Heston can give justice to. Right? So everybody's been wondering, when are we going to see the Charlton Heston clip of him parting the Red Sea? Well, it's not going to happen today. Instead, we're going to go straight to Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to read the words there. And I want to begin reading with verse 13 so that you can pick up on the emotion that's really connected to this incredible story. So Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, and out of respect for God and his word, would you please stand as I read? But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. So just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they're going to know when this happens that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. Now, before we read verse 21, some of you know this story, and you're aware of what is going to take place next. If you know the story, and you're kind of aware of all of the different details, would you just allow yourself to be amazed again at God's power? Because so often we read through stuff like this, and it's like, oh, that's great. God did this. God did that. And uh, (laughs) when are we going to get out of here? Because I've got something else to do. And we're not moved by something that is amazing and incredible, and you can't even explain it. So if you know what's coming, and a lot of you do, would you just give yourself permission to be amazed again at how powerful and big God is? It's okay to do that, all right? Be amazed again. Now, if you're here and you don't know what the story is about and you're hearing it for the first time, then here's what I would say. For the first time, be amazed at the creativity and the power of God. Just be amazed Verse 21, then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his words. You may be seated. Since the crossing of the Red Sea around 1440 BC, there's been a lot of skepticism and criticism over this particular event. I think there's a lot of skepticism and criticism over different things in the Bible and people throw darts, but this particular story is really one of the greatest that people point to and say, you know, I'm not so sure about this. You know, did this really happen? Or is the account here a little sensationalized? Did the water really stand up and create walls? And did God's people really walk across on dry ground? Or was there just a strong wind that parted a wave and allowed the people to cross? Or was it just really shallow and people really waded across to the other side? Did this really happen as we just read In Exodus chapter 14, because let's be honest, this is a bit out there. (laughs) I mean, it is. It's kind of bizarre. It's a little strange, and it's also impossible. So did this really happen? Well, according to researchers at the National Center for Atmospheric Research, the answer is no. It's impossible. This did not happen. And here's their response to what we just read. Researchers have carried out a study using computer modeling, which demonstrates that it is possible that the waves were simply parted by the momentum of the wind. So basically they're saying this is nothing more than the wind kind of opening up somewhat of a path and God's people crossed on mudflats. There are so many people, when you begin to look at this and you begin to research and when you Google the Red Sea, you will find that there are many people who kind of dismiss this story as nothing more than fantasy. Great story. Obviously, historically, the people did get across some way, but it probably didn't happen this way. It's a little sensationalized. It didn't really happen. It's nothing more than fantasy. You'll be able to find all kinds of naysayers. But here's something to think about, though. When you discuss the credibility of the Bible, you have to be very careful not to try to explain something that is presented in Scripture as a miracle, as just luck or happenstance. You've got to be really, really careful with that, and here's why. A miracle, by definition, is something that cannot be explained naturally. I believe the crossing of the Red Sea, is one such event. It's just God being God, God being creative, God being powerful, and you cannot explain that. You can't even necessarily understand it. This is where we begin to accept things by faith. And at some point in our Red Sea journeys, our Red Sea journeys, we got to personalize this a little bit. Obviously, God's people had a journey as well, but so do we. And so at some point in our Red Sea journeys, we have to begin thinking, and this is what God wants for us. He wants us to begin thinking in a faith mode. He wants us to get into that lane where the object of our faith is him and him alone. And that's where we can begin to accept these things, even though they don't make sense and they seem absolutely impossible. It's by faith that we begin to trust. It's really interesting because in Hebrews chapter 11, we have this amazing chapter that really goes very well with Exodus 14 that talks about faith and how God worked in the lives of people who put their faith in Him and in Him alone. So in Hebrews chapter 11, we find this great definition of faith. We also find a little bit of information about Moses, God's people, the one who parted the water, and how he acted by faith. And then we also get a glimpse of how God's people, right here, moved and took a step of faith. So I want to read from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Here's what it says. Really fascinating. Faith is the confidence. All right, so here's the definition. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith... The people in days of old earned a good reputation. It's kind of a fascinating thought there. You want a good reputation? I think most of us want that. By faith? That's how it comes. Or you want to repair a reputation that maybe has taken a few hits or has been damaged for whatever reason? It's by faith that these people earned a good reputation, and we can do the same. Verse 3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. Verse 23. Here's the Moses part. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. And that doesn't mean weird. Some of you might have weird kids. I've got some unusual kids. This Context means that he was very special. He had some abilities and they saw that God had given that to Moses and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasure of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. There's a picture of his faith. By the way, powerful statement there. He thought it was better to suffer with God's people and with Christ. That was better for him. Verse 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible, it was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. One of the laws of interpretation in Scripture is that you compare Scripture with other Scripture. It's what you do. And when you find that they match, you know that it's a reality. And they're saying the same thing, and there's no contradiction. What's really, really interesting about this here in Hebrews is that the author of Hebrews wrote this hundreds of years after this event. He was not there. He was not an eyewitness to this. But under God's direction, he recorded that by faith, by faith, God's people crossed the Red Sea. They got there. This kind of affirms the reality of the event Verse 32, how much more do I need to say? How much more? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. All these people earned a good reputation because of their what church? Faith. Let's try it again. All these people earned a good reputation because of their, what church? Their faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. And see, God can't always be explained. He can't always be understood. We can't always put him in a neat little box to make sense out of him. And that's good because it means that God is way better than all of us. And it's by faith that we accept these things. Now watch this, that faith, and when we get to that spot and when we begin thinking in a faith mode, even though stuff around us isn't making sense, when we're really there, that faith leads to trust. Faith results in trust. Let's go back to our big rule. Trust God to deliver you in his own unique way. Let's just trust God to do that, whether it makes sense or not. Trust God to deliver in his own unique way, and that's actually our takeaway for today as well. We have to start this process. Now, does this still happen? Does God still deliver people? I mean, is that still going on? Does he deliver from financial woes, from marital problems? from emotional confusion, from harm, from doubt, from self-destructive habits, from disease, does God still deliver? He does, in his own time and in his own unique way. So whether you've seen your Red Sea open up and you're on the other side and you're really excited about where God has taken you and you're rejoicing in that and you're thrilled about what you've experienced and some of you have seen that happen and I've talked to you even in the process of this series, you've kind of seen yourself get across your Red Sea and that's great. Whether that's you or whether you're seeing God deliver you in small usual, normal kinds of ways, maybe nothing spectacular, but you're seeing God deliver you and you're getting to the other side and you're experiencing that, or you're here and you're stuck and you're frozen and you don't even think God cares or God hears or God sees and you're just really, really confused by what's happening in your life right now. Here's the challenge for all of us whether we're on the other side, whether we're getting there or whether we can't even see the hand in front of our face, here's the deal. Trust God. See, at some point, we got to take that and give it to him because that faith leads to trust and then God is able to deliver us in his own unique way. If we don't ever start that journey, we may never see the other side. We may never get to enjoy the freedom that God has over there for us because we're not learning the small things that he has for us right now. So trust God. He is able to deliver. He is able to provide. He is able to preserve. He can do it. He can. Here's our prayer for today. I confess that I want relief. Think about you saying this now. I want the problem fixed according to my limited vision. We sure do that, don't we? I know I do. But I'm learning your ways, God, are not my ways. So grant me wisdom to see my Red Sea and your method of deliverance from your viewpoint. That's the faith part, which leads to trust. Give me ears to hear eyes to see, and a heart to trust what you are doing in my life. In Jesus' name, I want you to say this prayer with me. You ready? I confess that I want relief. I want the problem fixed according to my limited vision. But I'm learning your ways are not my ways. Grant me wisdom to see my Red Sea and your method of deliverance from your viewpoint. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see and a heart to trust what you are doing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And God, this is what we offer up to you. This is what we're saying to you right now. Sometimes we want to figure everything out from our viewpoint, and we want to put plans in motion, and often what you're looking for is simple faith. Really, it's not so simple because our simple faith leads to trust. And it's in that spot, it's in that moment where we can really see you deliver us in your own unique way. God, I don't think there was a person there in Exodus chapter 14 who thought, you know what, we're kind of stuck here. I bet God's going to part the waters and allow us to walk across on dry ground. I don't think they thought that. But yet they put their faith, that faith led to trust, and they saw you deliver in your own unique way. God, I pray that as we just think about the story again, we would be amazed at your power and your creativity. And God, may it give us a sense that if you could do that for your people way back in Exodus days, then certainly you can deliver us. Whatever it is that we face. Whatever that trial is, that difficulty, that habit, that hang-up, that relationship issue, that doubt, that hate, whatever it is, God, help us to get into a faith mode, place all of our faith in you alone, knowing that we'll grow our trust and we'll see you deliver. God, help us not to miss that by simply not having faith in who you are and what you can do. God, would you just enlarge our picture of you today? So often we kind of box you in and we're like, God, can't do that. God's not gonna answer this prayer. God's not gonna help me with this. We, We box you in all of the time. God, would you just help us to enlarge our vision of your abilities, which are absolutely unlimited, Unlimited God, so whatever we're thinking about that's kind of got us stuck between the sea and the sword, if we're still waiting to get to the other side, God, just really, really help us. Help us to have faith and trust. God, for those that have been delivered, I pray that you'd encourage them, help them not to take their eyes off of you. For those that are seeing that happen in small ways, help them to continue to place all of their faith in you. God, for those who are still struggling and just wondering if you're ever gonna do anything for them and maybe they're just getting hit again and again and again and they're so tired and so beat up and so frustrated, so disappointed with them, with you. God, would you just help them to lift their eyes up a bit? And know that in your own time and in your own unique way, you can deliver and preserve. This is what you told us. So God, help us to claim that and help us to live that as we walk out in just a few moments. We pray this now in Jesus' name. thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.